This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. To mindful, we kicked this off last week, and as I started it, I gave you this question that Dr. Henry Cloud, a Christian clinical psychologist, once asked in a presentation: How are you different than a German Shepherd? You know how a German Shepherd works: the doorbell rings, and that stimulus invokes a response. You can't reason with the dog; it's gonna bark. You can't say, "Hey, buddy, it's your favorite guy. He's right outside. He's got a tree. Still gonna bark." How are you in a German Shepherd different? And this is how he said it: You can be conscious of your thoughts and your thought patterns. You can be conscious of your thought. What's going on in my brain? I can't reason with the German shepherd. I can't say, this is, stop doing that. You know, this is how it, no. What's going to happen is there's a stimulus response. We're different. God implant Genesis chapter 1, we were made in the image of God. And the Bible consistently directs us to understand that our thoughts have power. And so in manner of review from last week, I started this message off by just telling you I've got some bad news for you. You've got an enemy, and the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy every good thing that God wants to give you. There's a, a, an enemy out there. His name is Satan. We call him the devil. And he wants to trap you into a prison of lies. The language he speaks, John chapter 6, Jesus says he speaks lies. So when he's lying, he's actually speaking his his native language. Jesus calls him the father of lies. This is how he attacks us. And he wants to trap you into a prison of lies. But I told you last week, there's good news. Jesus has won the war, even though we're still in the middle of the battle. There's good news This is why Easter is not just a historical day that we celebrate. We somehow remember it around the world. No, this is the reality that we're invited into as Christ followers. I can be an overcomer because Jesus took my sin, he nailed it to the cross, and he rose again to new life, inviting me to do exactly the same thing. The same spirit that raised him is now alive in me. Jesus is alive. The grave is empty, but Jesus now occupies the throne. And because of that, I can win. The battle has been won. Y'all listen to me. This is so important, this texture. In our lives, we do not live for victory. I'm not straining or trying. I'm, I'm, the, the victory's already been won. So I live from victory. I'm not living for, but from subtle, but dramatic difference in those things. And because of that, we, we know that Jesus has won the war, but we're still in the middle of the battle. And where's that battlefield? The battlefield is your mind. It is your mind. And for many of us, most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. They are won or lost in the mind. We, we've got to 
become aware. This is what makes us different. God set us apart because we can actually be aware of what's happening in our mind. I don't have to just be blown around by fear and doubt and worry. No, I can guard my mind. I can direct my thoughts. And so last week I told you a few things that are really important when it comes to your mind. And the first one was your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what are your strongest thoughts? And are you happy with that direction? Your life is moving in the direction. So we need to understand that sometimes our lives, our minds, they're, they're, they're filled with things that aren't real holy. Do not align to God's desires. They're not exactly what God would want. And your life is going to move in that direction. So in the, the course of this series, I'm going to remind you of this over and over again. Whatever fills your mind comes out in your life. Whatever is filling your mind, for some of you, it's fear. When you look around the world, when you look at your family, when you look at your relationships, the, the thing that flags, the strongest thought is fear. Maybe it's doubt, worry, insecurity. We looked last week at 2 Corinthians 10, and what we looked at was this verse. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Last week I told you this. We live in this world, but we do not fight the way this world fights. There are ways that you might see people operating when things don't go their way. That's not how we operate. When there's tension in your marriage, when you're struggling with your kids, when you're in financial distress, that we, we don't do that the way that this world does this. The weapons that we have are not the weapons of this world. And we were encouraged, if you missed last week's message, that the weapons that we have been given have divine power. They have divine power. This is not some kind of subtle thing. This is literally divine power in our lives today to demolish arguments, to destroy strongholds, and to come against anything that sets itself up in our mind that is against the knowledge of God. So last week I gave you this homework. Identify one stronghold. Identify something that's in your life, a lie that you've believed, and then begin to attack it with the word of God. Okay? Maybe it's I'm, I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm never going to amount to anything. Everybody's always going to betray me. You can't trust anybody. All lies. Identify the one that has become a stronghold in your mind and attack it with the truth of God's word. We need to start training in our mind. I don't know if you're like me, but there's times that I, I find myself doing things. I just behave irrationally. I, did, I make decisions that... That if you were to ask me what my goal in life is, they, they make no sense. I, I, I would tell you that with, with my friends or with my family, especially with my kids, I, I want to be kind. I want to be gentle. But I'll find myself yelling. I don't want to do that. Why am I doing that? I want to save money. I want to be financially responsible. But, but I'll find myself spending money on things that I don't need. Maybe it's that I want to trust God. 
Maybe you'd identify with this. I, I want to. That, that's what, but I find myself worrying about things. You know, I'm going to say something that's really hard, but I want you to think about it. If you can't control what you think, you won't control what you do. If you can't control what you think, you won't be able to control what you do. And for so many of y'all that are hearing that, when you hear that, that seems foreign. It seems, for, it seems out of bounds. I, I control what I think. You can do that? I mean, I can tell this thing not to think you, because we've lived really in, in kind of submission to our own thoughts and our own direction. Like, I, can't, I can have some kind of dominion or I can be a boss of this thing? Yeah, you can. If you can't control what you think, you won't control what you do. Throughout the series, we're going to lean into uh, the, the wisdom of the Apostle Paul. Paul, who by volume wrote about half of the New Testament, in so many different ways, the Apostle Paul has a lot of commonality with us. There's a lot of things that are like us that aren't maybe present. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to struggle in his mind. It's Tough as you might think your past is, when we all have a, a B.C. before Christ. The Apostle Paul's B.C. is he held the coats while Stephen was executed in Acts chapter 5. For believing in Jesus Christ, that's it. It was his crime. He then went around and was literally, literally executing persecuting Christians. And so in his mind, he had to come to terms with that. And he leaves in his writings what I would call breadcrumbs to winning the war in your mind. And one of those is in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Look at this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I said this in the first service, and I feel like it just needs to be said. Your, your thoughts are either going to conform to this world, or they're going to be transformed. They're moving in direction. Some of us have lived long enough to identify that. You can look back a decade or two and you go, I, I definitely don't think like I used to. So what happened? You changed. That's what's being encouraged actually in this verse. We're either going to drift towards being conformed to this world, or we're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice he said renewing, that we need to be changed, not to the world standard, but to God's way. That word transformed, we understand that, don't we? Because we understand that in the context of body. When it comes to transformation, we, we think body. But today, I want you to start to think mind. You, you've known somebody, maybe they were like me, a little fluffy, okay? And maybe they lost 10 or 20 pounds, 
maybe 30, and over the course of a year, you go, wow, you have transformed. What you'll find is that how, how do we transform? Training leads to transformation. Training leads to transformation. Just like our bodies, okay? It's not just what you do. Last week I gave you what you do. Identify the stronghold, memorize God's word, go after it. That's what you do. But it's also what you put in. It's also, you, you could start today and say, hey, I want to get in shape. Start going to the gym four or five times a week. But if you don't change how you eat, you don't change what you're putting in your body, progress will be hard. It'll be hard. So we're going to talk about that today. How do we get the right stuff on the inside? Number one, train your mind by focusing your thoughts. Train your mind by focusing your thoughts. Philippians 4 verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. True, noble, right. In the New King James, is, that wraps up. It says this, if there's any virtue... If there's anything praiseworthy, notice this word, meditate on these things. Meditate. For some of you, that might kind of cause a little inward, eh, what are we, meditation? Because for you, meditation is that new age practice where you, you try to be one with the universe. But please hear me when I say this. What God creates, Satan always wants to counterfeit. What God creates, Satan always wants wants to counterfeit. Meditation, just in its simplest form, is, uh, is, this, is to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts. And it's a principle that you find throughout the Bible. From the very beginning to the end, you see that we're encouraged. As a matter of fact, in, let's go to Psalm, Psalm 119. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I meditate on your precepts. That is precepts being the practical wisdom of God. I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways. I meditate on them. I focus my thoughts. Psalm 143, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Now, when we think about meditation, Eastern meditation is quite different than the Christian understanding. As a matter of fact, Eastern meditation, which is where New Age meditation comes out of, is actually an attempt to empty the mind. Get that thought out of there. Go to kind of a, just a blank space. Get, just go to a calm place, a peaceful place. No. Instead, Christian meditation is a discipline to fill the mind with truth and ultimately by filling it with truth to transform the mind. Because to be healthy, it's not just what I do, 
It's what I bring in that matters. So number two, see this. Meditation is a skill that must be cultivated and trained. It must be cultivated and trained. And I say that because there's somebody in the room that's going, meditate. You mean sit around, just think, like focus my thoughts? There's no way in the world I'm ever going to do that. I'm so ADD. I can't focus on anything. No, you can But it's a skill that must be cultivated. You've got to break up the ground of your heart, plant the seeds, and start training in the practice. And I don't know about you, but I need training with my focus. Focus is indeed, it's a skill. As the great theologian Jackie Chan in the movie Karate Kid said, your focus needs more focus, okay? Why is this so important? Because eventually you're going to either live by default or design. Your life will drift, if you're not intentional about it, it will drift to a default posture. Or you will dig in and move towards the design. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Your life is going to drift to default or you're going to dig in and live by design. Can I just give you a practical illustration of that? Money, okay? Money. God has a plan for money. He has a design for money. And that is, Jesus has asked one time, hey, should we tithe? You know how simple Jesus made it? He said, yeah. Yes, you should. Like, this is, like, that's elementary school. Why are you asking me that? And then he extends the idea, which is the way Jesus answered almost every question that had to do with the law. Yeah, yeah, you should tithe. At the same time, don't neglect other acts of charity and generosity. In other words, yeah, this is a given. 10% out of your increase, dedicated to the local church. That, yeah, all of us know that. But that don't just do that. Above and beyond that, that's the baseline. Above and beyond that, we should be moving into levels of generosity and charity that impact the culture and the city that we live in. When I see somebody and they're in need, I don't go, well, I just gave to the church. No, you meet their need. You got somebody you love and they're going through a hard time, you help them out. It doesn't mean that I go, well, I'm just going to divide a little bit. No, that plus, that's the plan. But I don't know if you're like me. If I don't just go, okay, I'm, I've got a plan. I've got to give first because that's, if, if I don't do that, then I'm left with, and then I'm going to go, oh, this is on sale. Oh, oh, you want to go away for the week? Sure, let's go away for the weekend. What happens? We drift to a default if we don't dig in to the design. All right? We've got to do that. And your mind is that way. Your mind, in my mind, our mind drifts towards the lies. Our minds, when, when you're just left alone and you're not consciously guiding your thoughts, it's not like you land on some amazing reality. You drift towards lies. And so what do we have to do? We have to train our minds to move towards the truth. And that's why meditation is so important. Through meditation, we choose what our minds will be filled with. We make, it's a conscious choice. We make the choice. We decide ahead of time. This is what my mind is going to be filled with. I'm going to put this in. I hate to tell you this. I'm sorry. It's going to offend some of you. You're full of it. 
I don't know what, but you're full of something. How do I know that? Because you're meditating on something. There's something in your heart that your thoughts are focused on. And whatever your thoughts are focused on, that's what you're meditating on. Maybe for you it's fear. That's not going to work out. Oh. If I try again, they're going to reject me. I'm not good enough. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's doubt. They're going to betray you again. They're going to walk away. Nobody's ever going to love you. Why even try? Why even step out and try? You're going to fail again. It's doubt. Maybe it's pride. How could they say that to me? Do they not know who I am? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's lust. Can we just have a conversation about that real quick? Because in, in a place like this, we say lust, and you just immediately go to the guy with the porn. Okay? But that's not lust. You can be a woman and tomorrow be absolutely filled with lust because you want the attention of a male coworker. You can be filled with lust over material things. Like, I'm just lusting over those shoes. You can lust over the right friends. You can lust over wanting to get that car or that car or that house or that house or that amount of money. Is it lust? Is it insecurity? I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to amount to anything. Or are you meditating on the things of God? Is your mind filled with, captivated with the things of God? What is it for you? Because you're meditating on something and whatever you're meditating on is what's filling you on the inside. And I don't know if you're like me, but just going through that, I'm like, it's, I gotta do something about that. It's time to fight back. So last week I asked you to identify these things, okay? Next slide. What is a stronghold? What, what is a stronghold in your life? What's holding you back? What is it in your life, personally, for you? What is it that's holding you back? Is it, you, you believe that line, I'm not good enough? They're always gonna walk away. I'm always gonna fail. It's never gonna work out. What is it, the, what's the stronghold for you? And then I asked you last week to identify the truth to fight it. And if we're going to fight back, I want you to see this. Number one, this is in your notes. We fight back with scriptural truth. We fight back with scriptural truth. Some of y'all, when you don't know what to do, the first place you go is you go to mama. What's mama got to say about this? I need mama's advice. And I want you to hear me. I'm so glad if that's where you go, that you have a mom who loves you and is there for you. But your mom's advice is not the word of God. Your best friend's advice is not the word of God. That blog you read is not the word of God. That podcast is not the word of God. You need to go to the word of God. If you're going to fight the, a spiritual force of darkness that's coming against your life, you think you're going to fight it with mama's advice in some podcast that you listen to? No. If we're going to fight back the right way, we've got to listen to the word of God. 
And you know what the Bible says, Hebrews 4.12, look at this. The word of God is alive and active. This is not just some book. It's not just words on a page. It's divine and eternal. This is something that is sacred and holy and it has power in this moment for this day that is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts. Look at that. Thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I don't, sometimes I need that. I need to get in front of the word of God and go, I'm thinking this. God, I need the word of God to measure up against what I'm thinking because I need, I need the word of God to judge my thoughts. Help me to see where I'm off base, where that's not right. But you know the thing about God's word? You've got to know the word of God to use the word of God. And some of y'all don't know the word of God outside of going to Google and saying, can I get a Bible verse about anxiety? And that ought to hurt some of your hearts. Knowing that literally God left you a love letter, poured out his blood to give it to you. That throughout history, people have sacrificed their lives so that that could be passed from one generation to the next one and you hold it in contempt by never even giving it time to be read. You've got to know the word of God to use the word of God. So let's just get practical. Find a verse that speaks against your struggle. Can I just, I've had to do this, I've had to do it this week. I can remember a time I was young and just kind of getting started in my adult life and I was teaching at North Stanley, coaching football and my, my, my first period was my, my planning period in, in high school. I know we have some elementary teachers in, in high school. You, you, that means 90 minutes, okay? So y'all just eat your heart out, okay? 90 minutes to do whatever you want to. And I ran every morning. I was going through a time of extreme anxiety. So much so that at times that were completely unprovoked and often very um, inconvenient, I'd have panic attacks, just overwhelmed with anxiety, breakdown, crying. And I memorized a simple verse out of Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. But in all things, with prayers and supplication, make your requests known to God. And the God of peace will grant you peace that guards your hearts and guards your minds in Christ Jesus. I can remember running laps around that track and just saying that verse over and over and over again in my head because I was going to fight. I was going to fight. You've got to find the, the word of God and the promises of God, and then you've got to anchor your, your heart and your mind, and you've got to fill your mind with that. And then number two, and this is going to be very difficult for some of y'all, and so we're going to spend the majority of our time talking about this. Create a confession, memorize it, and speak it over yourself. Conf some of y'all are going confession. Kevin, we going all Catholic today? <laughs> Y'all going to have priests outside and get a little booth? No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. 
confession, especially historically as a Christian, is a way that we wrote down what we believed. And through certain critical moments, actually the church has drafted what we would call historical confessions of faith. Some of you grew up in churches where you, you, you recited those every day. The Apostles' Creed is one of those. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is crucified, dead, and buried. Right, it continues on. It's actually written, the Apostles' Creed's written after the Nicene Creed, and it's written and contains, if you read them, they're very similar, but the Apostles' Creed has some language in it that speaks to the Trinity, because actually after the Nicene Creed, there became kind of a cultural revolt, revolt against the Trinity. So this confession came, and we'd say it, we'd say it, we'd say it, we'd say it. And what would happen? We're, we're filling our minds. That's what a confession is. Some of you need to do that. You need to find the truth and then write it out and speak it over your life until you believe it. I'm going to walk you through some examples. For example, maybe you're struggling today to, to know God's word. And you'd say, you know, I, I, I'm trying to read the Bible. I just don't feel like, like I'm, I belong to God. I don't, don't know that, that, I, that I have any kind of connectivity with God. Here's a confession that addresses that. My life belongs to God. Daily I seek him, and daily he directs my steps. I know his voice, and he leads me to his perfect will. Now, here's the thing about that. There's about five verses that are referenced in that confession. Five verses that address that topic of knowing God. And that's the confession taken straight out of the Bible and made personal. Maybe you're here today, and it's, I'm, I'm lacking confidence. I don't believe in myself. Here's a confession that would address that. My confidence is in Christ, in Christ alone. Because His Spirit lives within me, I can do everything He calls me to do. My confidence is in Jesus, not in me. And that's the confession. You speak it over yourself. You recite it to yourself. You keep filling your mind and filling your heart with that until you believe it. What y'all don't know is there have been times that I've stood right there and had to say, God, you made me for this moment. You've given me what I have to say, and you want me to speak it in power and in truth to some lives that need it today. I've had to say that over myself. Maybe today you're here and you're fighting lustful thoughts. Here's the confession for that. I'm not a slave to lustful thoughts because God has purified my mind. I will honor him with my eyes and thoughts. My God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, he will give me a way out. Again, all of that, that's Bible. That's scripture. Just take, it's taken and it's written in a personal form. And it's a confession. This is some, when I'm tempted, I'm going to say, I'm not a slave to that. My God's going to give me a way out. Here's what, can we just get real for a moment? Maybe you're here today and when things get stressful, when things get a little anxious, you get a little fearful, instead of trying to find comfort in God, you try to find comfort in food. Okay? Here's the confession. This is, again, write it, memorize it, recite it over your life. When I'm stressed, I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because He is what I need. In Him, I find strength and comfort. In Him, not in my food. 
And I'm going to say that over my life, over myself, over and over. That's how I'm going I'm to fill my mind with the truth of the word. Maybe today you're here and you're battling worry. You're battling worry and there's just stuff in your life. You're just stressed out. Look at this. Because of Christ, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. Write it out. Memorize it. Say it over yourself until you have not only memorized it, but you believe it to be true. This has so much power. So over the next several moments, I'm going to demonstrate for you why you need it. I'm going to make some declarations over all of us today. Again, all of these are, are just... Bible verses that we've we've taken and and written them into a a form that's just speaking the truth over us. And this is stuff I would encourage you today. If if we've talked about stuff that you struggle with, get out your phone. Take some pictures of what I'm about to put on the screen. All I'm going to do as we go through this is show, I'm just going to read it, leave a moment, and then we'll move on. Why do we want to fill our mind with this? Because if you can't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. And so this confession is something that allows me to intentionally be proactive about filling my mind, filling my mind with God's word. So I'm going to model this. I'm going to spend a moment as we wrap up this by speaking the truth over those of you in this room who have given your life to Jesus. Those of you who Maybe you're, you're decades into this journey and maybe you're just a few weeks into it. And all I'm going to do, all I'm going to do is read it. And after I read it, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave a moment. And then I'll read the next one. And what I want you to know about this I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to cry the whole way through this. Some of y'all are going to feel this real deeply. This is not something that just has to happen here. This can happen in your own life. You probably need to have some confessions that are taped to your bathroom window and, and your, your mirror and your, your, your kind of the car dashboard and just places that you're, you're just going to see. I'm going to say that over myself right now. There's some parents in the room that probably need to write some for their kids. Again, I'm going to tell you, you probably want to get your phone out and take some pictures of these. As we go through, let's get started. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness.
You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things, And at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present nor the past, No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. All of that, all that I just said, this is what's available to you when you're in Christ Jesus. That's all for those who have made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. And some of us, if we, we just would take a moment, we'd look at those things and go, That's, I need that. I worry. I don't want to worry. I want to be able to trust in the peace of God. I, I feel so weak. I need to know that God is my helper. I, my, my soul, my heart, my mind need to be anchored in those things. I've told you this, and I'm going to say this throughout this series. You can win the battle for your mind. 
You are not a slave to some random thought that pops in and pops out. It's not that God ever designed you to live that way. You are strong in Him. In Him. You can win the war for your mind. But only with Jesus. Romans 10 verse 9 says this. Look at this. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Please leave that verse up for a second. Do you notice it talks about a confession and a belief? I need to believe this. I'm not talking about some just I acknowledge it. There are a lot of us that we've acknowledged the truth of the gospel. Yeah, God's real. Jesus has to have died, but we've never believed it. Like Jesus literally died on the cross, carrying my sin, rose again to new life, inviting me into the same. The tomb is empty and the throne is occupied today. Believe it. But then that he's Lord. It's not just somebody on line. This is the confession. I, I confess with my mouth that he's my Lord. This becomes the confession of my life. Jesus, you're Lord. You're boss. I'm no longer Lord. I'm no longer boss. It's not my way or the highway. It's your way. It's all about you, Jesus. I want you to win. I don't have to win anymore. I want your way, not my way. Notice what it says. If I will believe that and confess that, then I will be saved. Can we get beyond that understanding of I got saved when I was 12 and raised a hand in the back of the church, but kept on living the way that I thought I could and did everything that I wanted to, never submitting myself to Jesus Christ? Because that's not what the Bible says happens when we are being saved. I am being saved right now by submitting my life to him, by trusting him as Lord. And right now, there, there's some of us in this room. The battle that's happening for your mind is so severe. And you know, there are areas that have never allowed Jesus to become the Lord. And that's why the battle in your mind is a shouting testimony of your need to declare him Lord over that. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.